This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Virginia only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 532 3500. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast on this Football Friday as we get ready for Week 15. Began last night with the Niners, who we have talked about for weeks and weeks, and who continue to play uh, outstanding uh, football as they uh, clinch their division, uh, put up another win, and as they said, this is just getting started, and they are just getting started. To me, right now, as we hit the last four games of the regular season, there are three teams in each conference. In the AFC, you have Kansas City, who's been there all along. Buffalo, who's been there all along. Buffalo holds the tiebreaker right now, but has a much tougher schedule in Kansas City. They have the same record. Buffalo beat them, so they have the tiebreaker. But Kansas City has a very easy schedule the rest of the way. Buffalo has a much harder schedule. And then the third team is Cincinnati, which is extremely dangerous and can beat either one of those teams. And they play the Bills. In the NFC, it's Philadelphia, San Francisco, and Dallas. To me, those are the six teams. I think one of those six is going to win the Super Bowl. I think uh, two of those six will be in the Super Bowl. Um, As I mentioned, Kansas City and Buffalo. Kansas City has four games, including the Texans this week, and they play four games with a combined – four opponents with a combined record of 16-36-1. The Texans, the Seahawks, the Browns, and the Raiders are going to go 14-3. and three. Uh, Buffalo has teams that play to a 27-26 record. Dolphins, Bears, Bengals, and Pats, much harder. So they're going to have to probably win out to stay ahead of Kansas City. Cincinnati right there. Bengals and Bills will meet, as we said. Um, for the locals, Seattle losing last night, very big for the Giants. Very quickly, though, the Lions may become a much bigger key for the Giants making the playoffs than Seattle, especially if they beat the Jets this week. And the Jets are going to be very important for the Giants making the postseason because they play Seattle and they play the Lions. And those are the two teams that have a chance to upend the Giants for a wild card. The Giants, that tie helps them immensely. I think Seattle's going to go 8-9. I think they're going to win one more game. They're 7-7. I think they're going to go 8-9. The Giants, with one more win, can only go 8-8-1. So they have the, the Washington this week, a huge game, and they have the Colts. They also have Minnesota, and they also have the Eagles. A lot will depend on what happens in that, in that Cowboy-Eagle game over Christmas because that will tell you whether or not the Eagles need to play that last week. The Eagles might not need to have anything to play for that last week, which will give the Giants probably a game to just roll into the playoffs. Giants have an excellent chance still to make the playoffs. Excellent chance. I don't think they're going anywhere, but they still have a good chance that the season will end with them in the postseason. Uh, The Lions, though, very quickly, with the Jets, and then games that they clearly can win. Panthers, Bears, Packers. They can win those games. 
So the Lions, if they get to seven and seven this week, could go ten and seven. And they're playing really well. I uh, but this week's game is a very very crucial game, very big game. Two teams right there, very important, which we'll get to in a minute, obviously, uh, and we'll talk more about this morning. Three games on Saturday. The NFL always moves into Saturday after the Army-Navy game for those last regular season weeks, takes over. So it's great for the NFL fan because you get Thursday night, you get all day Saturday, you get Sunday, and you get Monday. So it's a great time throwing the balls. And you got football every day now for the next 30 days. I mean, it's, it's, it's great if you like football like I do. It's just it's really a, a very good time. Colts and Vikings, game number one on Saturday. Colts just miserable. Vikings have problems with the Colts are banged up in the secondary. That should help Minnesota a lot. Minnesota should find a way there. Ravens and Browns, always a wild game. Looks like Huntley will play. He has the concussion. Jackson won't. Huntley probably will. Game time, but sounds like he will play. Browns haven't been good with the quarterback change. It's taken them some it's taken some life out of them. It's also taken some life out of the running game. We'll see if they get back to basics here against the Ravens. And then the Dolphins and the Bills on Saturday night. Enormous game. Bills, uh, we know where they're fighting for the one seed. We know what they're fighting for. The Dolphins at 8-5 and five have lost two straight. And the Dolphins are in a, the third of a really rough. They played at San Francisco, at the Chargers, lost both games. Now at the Bills, three straight road games. That's a tough schedule. Usually you don't get three weeks in a row on the road in the NFL. And they had two games on the West Coast, now into Buffalo. So they get two and then a cold-weather game. That's rough for the Dolphins, really rough on the Dolphins. The Dolphins' schedule is going to get easier after that. Um, Bills, then the Packers, the Pats, and the Jets. Not easy, but easier, I said, after the Bills. Those are your three games on Saturday. Then the Sunday, the Lions and the Jets will start it at 1 o'clock. The Giants and Washington will finish it in the prime time. Eagles and the Bears. Eagles just continue to roll along. They have a big one coming up with Dallas in a couple of weeks, but first they get the Bears. We don't know about Fields. It'll be a game-time decision whether he plays or not. Falcons and the Saints. Desmond Ritter moves in at quarterback for the Falcons as Marietta is gone for the season with surgery. Saints should be far better than their record indicates. They have better players than their record indicates. They have a much better defense than their record indicates, but they've been so poorly coached this year. Steelers at 5-8. and eight. Hope Pickett can play. Game time decision with his concussion. We just don't know if he will play. You saw this week that some of the wide receivers spoke out against Trubisky, which was not pretty. But we'll see what happens. Panthers are healthy. They are healthy. My old friend Rob Panarello runs their program there, and he's very good at getting guys back on the field. And are healthy. The only question is how well do they play and how well do they get from the quarterback system because they have a healthy team and they are going to be at least a pain in somebody's neck the rest of the way. Cowboys and the Jaguars, this will not be an easy game for the Cowboys. Last week wasn't against the Texans. The Cowboys played down to their opponents, but they better be careful here because this Jaguar team, they're not going anywhere this year, but they are building something that is going to be very big very soon. The coach is in place. The quarterback is in place, and he's getting better by leaps and bounds. 
he is about to emerge as a star player in this league, and he will be one of the biggest stars in the league very, very soon. And they're starting to put people around him, and they are starting to become a very dangerous team, as you saw last week. Chiefs and the Texans, nothing to discuss there. Cards and the Broncos, the same. You want to call that the disappointing ball. Murray and Moore to the IR. Colt McCoy at quarterback. They're all banged up. Broncos, listen, let's be honest. The quarterback hasn't worked out. The head coach hasn't worked out. They're stuck with the quarterback. They're not stuck with the coach. I look for a change there already. Could be a change in Arizona also. Don't know about uh, Russell Wilson this week. You saw the knot he had on his head and the concussion he took and the hit he had. I, I wouldn't play him, but I don't know if he's playing or not. We just don't know yet. They haven't said. But I would think probably not. Pats were the recipients of that game when Murray went down early with the ACL. Um, they get the Raiders this week. Raiders continue to throw games away with both hands, but they're capable of beating the Pats on their best day, that's for sure. Titans are falling apart. Get the Chargers. If they want to right the ship, they better do it now. Interesting game with the two teams. Very even game with the two teams. But, boy, the Titans have just completely fallen apart. The Bengals are playing great. They get the Bucks. Bucks are banged up. Their offense is awful. Their defense is beat up. Bengals are playing well. Bucks need this game. But let's be honest. As I said, the Bucks are going to get that division. They're going to get that division without any heavy lifting. I mean, let's be honest. The teams are just terrible. They have a game lead with a 6-7 and seven record. Carolina's 5-8. and eight. Atlanta's 5-8. and eight. New Orleans is 4-9. and nine. Tampa's going to win it. With that, if they go two and two, they're eight and nine and win the division. They'll do that. They'll get to the playoffs. They might scare somebody. They might be healthier when they get there. But right now, they're just an awful team that's just hanging on. Lucky to be even six and seven. They really should be five and eight because they should have lost that game to the Marlins on the Monday night. Giants and Washington play an enormous game. If the Giants win. Two of their last four, they're going to make the playoffs. If they win two of their last four, that would make them 9-7-1. and one. They're going to make the playoffs. I believe that. They have, they have Minnesota, the Colts, and the Eagles. Minnesota game be tough. Colts aren't a pushover, but they should be in, not in any effort area when they come to visit. And then the Giants might catch an enormous break where the Eagles don't need the game and have locked up the one seed and won't be playing that last weekend. So if that's the case, the Giants should be able to get through that game and make the playoffs. Listen, the Giants aren't going anywhere anymore. They've only, the only team they've beaten since week seven is the Texans. That's it. The only team they have beaten since week number seven is the Texans. And they stole games the first six weeks. Stole them against Baltimore, against Tennessee, stole games right and left. Great coaching, end-of-game situations, but they have fallen on hard times. They've been beat up. They keep trying, but you saw last week how ugly it was. The question is, can they find two more wins? 
If they do, they're going to the playoffs. They might even get there. I don't think Seattle's going 9-8. I think they're going 8-9. So I think the Giants can be that last wild card. Now, again, I don't expect anything out of the Giants this year, but if they make the playoffs at eight, at, at 7 or 8-1, eight, eight and one, you know what? They had a heck of a year. It's a great job by the coaching staff. It doesn't mean that they're great next year. It doesn't mean they're building anything great yet. They've got a lot of work to do. But they can make the playoffs, and they sure would like to do that. Monday is the Rams and the Packers. You don't usually say this about the Packers. You don't usually say this about an Aaron Rodgers team in December, but who cares? I don't care about Mayfield. I don't care about uh, Rodgers. I don't care about anything like that. Game is an awful game. But what can you do? And Monday night's had some dreadful games. I mean, they have had just a dreadful, dreadful schedule. As we said, Steve Servi will join us to talk about the locals. We'll do that. We'll get to your emails right after. You're listening to the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, we're back. Servi in the next segment, Mike Francesa Podcast at gmail.com. That's where you send your emails. We'll get to as many as we can. David from Brooklyn. We know how I feel about the Niners. Yeah, even more so after watching them last night. With all their bells and whistles and good line play, and they do have that, they are loaded. Uh, we saw a seventh-round quarterback come in and guide the team to a victory. So that said, if Dan Jones stepped in on the center with the Niners, what kind of team would they be? Um, could Daniel Jones do what Brock Purdy does? The answer is, I'm not sure. I've seen Purdy, Brock Purdy take the ball to the right receiver. I've seen him show, show very good judgment. I've, see, I've seen some very good throws from him already. Daniel Jones has never had great talent around him. He is a very tall order here. To me, see, here's the question. Daniel Jones is a guy who is a deserving NFL starting quarterback. I don't think there's any question about that, and he will be that as long as his legs hold out. I don't know if he could play in this league well without his legs, though, and eventually that will be the case, but it's not now. Is he a guy that you want to build your team around for big money? Well, there is no small money for quarterbacks anymore. We know that. The money's not, To bring him back at all is going to be expensive. That's the price for going quarterbacks. There's always to it, especially on second deals. Um, the question is, do they want to make that their commitment and they stop the search? I would not stop the search. I, might, I would bring him back. See, if I can bring him back under an economical deal that doesn't preclude me from looking for another quarterback, I would probably bring him back and also draft a quarterback. And if my quarterback doesn't beat out Daniel Jones, well, then Daniel Jones is the quarterback. Do I think I could win games with Daniel Jones? Yes. Do I think I can win it all with Daniel Jones? I'd have to put a very good team around him. Right now, the Niners have put a good team around whoever the quarterback is. They are loaded everywhere else. Loaded. If you put a top quarterback on the Niners, they would be very hard to keep from winning the Super Bowl. They have power on the offensive line, including the best offensive lineman. They have incredible power on the defensive line, including the best, probably right now the best or the second best defensive lineman. They have tremendous people at the skill position. They made the McCaffrey trade. Obviously, when Debo is healthy, they have Ayuk, who's not a great receiver, but he's good. They have a great tight end who's getting healthier now and is becoming more of the offense, as you saw last night. 
Uh, and they are just a very, very strong team in so many ways. And right now, they have a young quarterback who, I don't know if he has a knack or not. We're going to find out. We're going to find out. It's too early to say. And we're not going to answer that question until the postseason. And then there's, there's no other answer. The question might be, if he's played great, there's no question. If he's played spotty and they're still alive, the question is, do they go back to Garoppolo? That'll be an interesting question. Who is the best NFL coach you've seen in terms of time management? Wow. Uh, I mean, I've seen some really good ones. Uh, Very good ones late in the game. I mean... Landry was great late in the game if it was a tight game. Um, you very rarely see an error from a Parcells or a Belichick or any of the great coaches, you know, any of the great coaches, they know how to handle the clock. Let's be honest. They're great because they handle the games great. They're great because they can do everything that has to go into being a good head coach, including time management, including sideline Maintenance, including sideline communication, and then, of course, preparation, game planning, and everything else that goes into it. But the great coach, the big coach, he's good at it. That's all there is to it. So I don't think there's one that really just jumps out at me over the others because I think the good ones all handle the sideline, handle their timeouts, handle the clock well. Very rarely do you see a really good one not handle the clock well. Now, when you have a great quarterback, he makes that, you know, when you have a Roger Starbuck, when you have a John Elway, when you have a guy like that late in the game in a, you know, two-minute drill, trying to come from behind, if you have Tom Brady, if you have Roger, if you have Elway, if you have Montana, you know what? It looks like the game is being run perfectly because the quarterback's running it perfectly. Jack emails, I understand the Jets were not uh, projected to be very successful this year. However, with their early success and recent struggles, do you believe that they will continue to grow and move in a positive direction? I think the Jets are there. I think the Jets are now a playoff team. I think the question is, is their offensive coaching staff and their quarterback good enough to take them to the top? The Jets are now a playoff team. They're not a playoff contender. They are a playoff team. Their defense arrived ahead of schedule. Gardner's that good. I told you I loved Gardner. He's been even better than I thought he would be as a rookie. Even better. He's going to be a great defensive back. Not a good one, a great one. They have wonderful talent throughout the ranks of their defense. They have guys on offense who can play. You know, you know how many year Wilson's had a wide receiver? He's had a tremendous year for a rookie wide receiver. They have talent everywhere. They need better play at the quarterback position. If they get it, they will not only make the playoffs this year, they will scare the heck out of somebody in the playoffs. They are a dangerous team. They have arrived. 
Joe in Jersey, one player that is hardly talked about is Drew Bledsoe. I wanted to get your thoughts on him. I know he is obviously overshadowed, but I thought he was a decent player. He was a good player. Drew was a good quarterback. He wasn't a great quarterback. He was a good quarterback. You know, went to a Super Bowl at a young age. Was a good player. Had the wrong guy behind him on the bench. That's all there is to it. He turned out to be an all-time immortal. But Drew was a good quarterback, no question about it. I mean, he listen, he was a number one pick. He was a, you know, he was a top pick. Brendan and Limbrook, you have stated your Douglas had an outstanding draft. Uh, it's clear they have an elite defense and some playmakers. What steps do you think they need to take to get – I think they need, okay, they need a healthy haul at running back. He has the chance to be a big star. They have Wilson, who is going to be a big star at wide receiver. Uh, they need a quarterback, and they need a little more consistency on the offensive line. They're there on defense. Quarterback, offensive line. Those are their two issues right now. Do they have the quarterback who can take them to the top? Is he in the building, or is he not on the team? That is the question that they have got to answer and answer correctly. If they don't answer it, it will haunt them the next couple of years. If they answer it, they will play for big stakes in the years to come. They have built the foundation. The defense is built. The offense is close. They have talent everywhere. They need the quarterback and the offensive line to finish the job. Andy and Charlotte, huge Niner fan. Does Jimmy G automatically get the starting spot in the playoffs? No. He does not. If Purdy's rolling, you'll keep rolling with him. Doesn't mean you don't bring Jimmy G off the bench in a big spot. If Purdy's rolling, I do not make a change. Purdy's going to start a playoff game. We know that. We know that now. The question is, is he good enough to keep the job? We'll find out. But I do not make the change from Purdy until it is necessitated. Mike in Long Island, what went wrong with the, for the Bills? Um, what went wrong with the Bills when they lost four Super Bowls in a row? They ran into a good team that played great in the, in the, in the Giants. The Giants were a very good team. That played great. They were not a great team. They never turned the ball over that year. They never turned the ball over in that Super Bowl. And their running game kept the ball away from the Bills. Remember, the Bills scored 19 points in 19 minutes. That's not bad. They didn't have the ball the whole game. They had the ball for 19 minutes. The Giants had the ball for 40 minutes and 20 seconds. Um... And they missed a field goal that could have won the game for them. And they would have won the Super Bowl going away that year. They were a dynamic team. They had beaten the Raiders 51-3 in the championship game, if you remember. They were a great team. The next year, they ran into teams. The next three Super Bowls, they ran into teams that were better than them. They ran into a a Washington team that was on fire. And then they ran into the Dallas dynasty, just as it exploded. And that cost them the last two Super Bowls. It cost them the last, you know, the last couple of Super Bowls. They could have won the last one. 
We know that. Um, they should have won. They probably think they should have won the first one. They didn't. The Giants played great. They weren't as good a team. They were brilliantly coached, and they played a tremendous game. They had a great game plan. They executed it perfectly. They had to do that to beat a juggernaut, and that's what they beat. And the Bills never took a team there as good as that team, but they took good teams there, and they ran into better opponents the next three times, and that's why they lost four in a row. Who was a more dominating defensive force, Taylor, Reggie White, Bruce Smith? In this order, Taylor, Reggie White, Bruce Smith. Nobody was more dominant than Lawrence Taylor. Then in Washington, does uh, Taylor Heineke look like a starting quarterback at this point? You know what? There are some guys who just seem to have a rabbit's foot in their pocket. That's Heineke, but how much of that is him and how much of that is just, you know, he's born under a lucky star? I don't know. But he keeps getting the job done. And when a guy keeps getting the job done, you don't ask why anymore. Now, he has a habit of throwing a bad ball and somehow it doesn't get intercepted. And you say, boy, he got away with one there. He gets away with a lot of them. He's had a lot of lucky plays, plays that were negative plays that didn't turn out negatively. Uh, But he also has a habit of making a lot of big plays when the game's on the line. Like in that giant game, when he drove them down the field to tie the game, he, he made some great plays on that drive. He's got a knack. And it's working for them right now. So I don't think you take the credit away from a guy like that who does that. Do I think he's a great player? Of course not. But it's working. And if it works, you leave it alone. We'll be back with Steve Serby after this. You're listening to the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Football Friday podcast on the Mike Francesa Podcast, Bet Rivers. And remember, for all of your wagering needs, it's Bet Rivers in New York and New Jersey. Play Sugar House in Connecticut. And you can find our podcast, uh, as a lot of you have, and thank you for that, on the Bet Rivers Network exclusively or wherever you get your uh, podcast. We welcome in a guy who's covered the New York teams for about a hundred thousand years, and that's Steve Serby. Steve, welcome. How are you? All right, Mike. How you doing? Good, thanks. Hey, it's been a it's been a good year. I mean, from the Giant and Jets standpoint, it's been a great year. It's been a lot better than it's been for so many years. We got big games in December. Let's be honest, the Giants have been on fumes for weeks. They've won one game since Week Seven. That was against the Texans. They won the early season games with absolute mirrors. I mean, and great coaching, great game plans, gutty play in the second half and in the fourth quarter, great blitzing packages by a wonderful defensive coordinator who's done an incredible job. But they've been on fumes for weeks. To me, their future is not about whether they make the playoffs. I think they have a good chance because of the way that's shaken out and Seattle's losing. If the Jets help out against the Lions, they could make the playoffs. If they do or if they don't isn't the question. They have finally the coach. We all know that. Dable's the real thing. We know it. Martindale's great. We know it. They have the people in place. The question is, what do they do with the quarterback? Bring him back and draft somebody else and say, you're maybe our guy. Get away economically. Give him the package. Give him the money. Uh, 
It's a, it, you know, listen, Daniel Jones can play in this league. We all know it. As long as his legs hold out, he can play in this league. I don't know if he could play without his legs. I don't know if, I don't think he could because his legs are his best quality. But he's a good player. He's not a great player. What do you do with Jones? Forget the rest of the season, whether they make the playoffs or not. What do you do with Jones going forward? Well, what are the options, right? You've got to consider what are the options, number one. Number two, Daniel Jones has proven that you can win with him with the right coaching, even without any legitimate wide receiver targets. I mean, all he's got basically is Saquon Barkley, who lately has been in a slump and has been a little bit banged up. But he says he's fresh and ready to go. He had a great practice on Wednesday, he was telling us the other day. But um, look who he's throwing to. Isaiah Hodgins now is is his number two receiver. Yeah. Darius Slayton is the number tight one. Ends okay. Bellinger's okay. Yeah, Bellinger's okay, but he's been out. He's yep. been banged up and hurt. Yep. He had that eye injury. Um, the offensive line, which has been broken for years, is better with Andrew Thomas, of course, and the rookie kid, uh, Evan Neal at right tackle, yep. who is still cutting his teeth. But the offensive line is by no means fixed yet. And Daniel Jones has shown with even, even with a lack of talent around him that you can win with him. So he'll be even better with coaching with a second year under Dable and Mike Kafka, the offensive coordinator. Are you so willing to I give think, him a uh, – now, listen, you know the money. Yeah. Even no matter what tag they put on him, the money is exorbitant for quarterbacks. It's in the 30s. It could be in the 40s. It's in a lot of money. With that being the case, there's no cheap quarterbacks anymore. We know that. The quarterback's getting paid. We, we understand that. Are you willing to give him a contract and say he's our guy, or are you going to try and halfway it – give him a contract that you think is economically livable and then draft a quarterback that and, and see if you have someone you can play who's better. Yeah, I would go for the eco- economically livable contract because they've got they've got to pay Saquon Barkley as well. They, they'd like to keep both of them. They're the faces of the franchise right now. Um, but I would also draft a quarterback. They're not going to get the high pick that they thought they were. But there are quarterbacks to be found in, in the NFL draft, and I would develop a young quarterback behind Daniel John Jones, give him an economically feasible contract, and uh, see how he see how much better Daniel Jones can be with a second year under Dable and uh, Kafka, and get him a number one wide receiver for crying out loud. Yeah, well, they need that in the worst way. But we're talking with Steve Servant. You know, it's funny. You never know. I was telling this a guy from one of the teams that's going to be, he works for one of the teams that's going to be needing the coach this year. And we were talking about it. And I said, listen, you can sit with your owner and tell him anything you want. I don't care if the guy's never coached. It's a crapshoot. I don't care. You never know. You know, Bill Onsbarger, North Turner had the best resumes in history. They both stunk, okay, as head coaches. You don't know. You, we knew 10 minutes after his first game that Dable was the real thing. We knew it right away he was the real thing. You could see he fit the job. He grew into the job. He likes the job. He's comfortable in the job. Some guys never are. 
Todd Bowles is a great guy. You and I both know that. He's never looked comfortable as a head coach, okay? Dable looked like he's been coaching for 10 years after 10 minutes. I mean, some guys, it just fits. But let's be honest, it's a crapshoot. Of course it is. Look, I mean, the Giants are, are living proof of that, right? Yep. Uh, McAdoo to, um, to Pat Shermer. Uh, to uh, Joe Judge, who looked like the real deal at the beginning and then and then fizzled in his second year. Um, but you're right. You, you never know. I mean, look at remember going back to Joe Walton with the Jets. Yep. Tremendous. Hey, Bill Osborne is the best. He had the highest resume of any assistant in history. He was like a co-coach and the guy yeah. was the worst head coach you could ever have. Well, how about remember way back when Richie Pettibone with the Redskins? Yeah, another one, another one, and North Turner. I mean, how many times? And North Turner's a great guy. He's a great coordinator. He was a terrible head coach. Yeah, three times. Uh, J- Jim Tom Sula with the Forty ers The list goes on and on and on. Um, Steve Wilkes is doing a nice job now with the Panthers. Had yeah. one year with with the Cardinals. And I tell um, you, you just but Dable, you could see right away that. It was there. He was the guy, and he made some great hires on his staff. And bringing in Martindale, I mean, to me, that's the key to the whole season, him bringing in Martindale. And, yeah, and retaining the special teams coach. I agree. Uh, I agree. McGahee also. Yeah. Dable, look, Dable's uh, comfortable in his own skin. He wasn't afraid to hire a guy. He very much is, yes. Yeah, Wink Wink wants to be a head coach and, and is deserving of being a head coach. Wink could be uh, the next Dable if, if some team gives him gives him the chance. But look at all the years that Dable had to wait. People wanted the next young, great thing, the next young, big thing. And Dable was sitting right there and, and people just interviewed him and said, and moved on. And uh, I, I'm sure he interviewed well, but they, they just, people fall in love with, with different coaching prospects. And, and John Mara is guilty of that too. When this season's finally over and he's done a good job and they can take a bow for whatever they win, whatever they do, they have a ton of work to do. They are not a very good team. No, they're not. But, but you know, they did it the right way. John Merrick got it right this time. He hired the GM, Joe Shane, who's a bright young guy who, who learned a little bit under Bill Parcells. And uh, Shane and Dable are, are united. They're joined at the hip. And that's critical. The Giants haven't had that uh, in recent years. And, um, yeah, they've got a lot of work to do. But Joe Shane is the personnel guy. I, I He'll find – he had a heck of a draft with Thibodeau and Evan Neal in the first round. Yes. Fifth and seventh picks. And he got Bellinger in the fourth round. And he got this kid, Wandale Robinson, who's hurt now, unfortunately, who looks like he's going to be a player in the second round. So, so I, Giant fans should be optimistic that they're going to find the right personnel – for Brian Dable in year two. All right, let me look at the big picture for a second. To me, there's three teams in each conference. Kansas City and Buffalo, who we knew were going to be there on a collision course all year. Cincinnati, who could beat either one of them. Those are the three teams for me in the AFC. Do you have anybody else in the AFC that you think could get to a Super Bowl other than those three? Yeah, the Chargers. I'm, uh, I wrote about that really? for, for Sunday. We saw what Justin Herbert can do uh, now that he's got Mike Williams and Keenan Allen together, finally. I don't like the coach, and I don't like the defense. Well, the defense may be getting Joey Bosa back and and Derwin James. Uh, You've got good reason not to like the defense or the coach who gambles too much. 
and cost them a playoff game a year ago yep. in, in the regular season finale when he called a timeout in overtime and didn't settle for the tie that would have sent them to the playoffs. But uh, I love Justin Herbert, and their schedule is very favorable. They've got the Titans at home Sunday, and then they've got games against uh, uh, the Colts. I, and, I think uh, that's, uh, that, that's imaginative. That's good. So you like the Chargers as a, as a deep threat there. Now, in the NFC, I got three. Philly, obviously, and none of us have given enough respect. San Francisco, who I've been on since like week five, and I think right now is a team to beat in the NFC, even with Brock Purdy. And then Dallas. Those are the three teams. I don't like Minnesota. I don't like anybody else. you think anybody else or you think it's those three in the NFC? Uh, well, my preseason pick was Buffalo 49ers and you know, when Gar- Gar- Garoppolo, I-, I picked the 49ers with Trey Lance. Yep. I-, I just love, I love their defense, their defensive coordinator, oh, Amico Ryan. And, and getting McCaffrey was a great pickup. Oh, tremendous pickup. <laughs> uh, you know, they, they looked like they were ready to run them into the ground uh, last Thursday night. But yeah, that, that was the difference maker for me because the quarterback has to be a point guard basically now. He can spread the ball to McCaffrey, to Ayuk, to Kittle, uh, to Debo when he gets back healthy, whenever that is. But uh, Shanahan uh, gets it done, and the defensive corner, as I said, is wonderful. And, yeah, I'm going to stick with the 49ers as as the team to beat. I think there will be a lot of pressure on the Eagles uh, in the playoffs. I think the Niners are loaded, and it's going to be interesting to see what Purdy can do. I let him play for as long as he can. It sounds like Garoppolo might come back. Dallas is the other team when it's the good Dak and the good Mike McCarthy, because let's be honest, they both, they both can have a lot of bad days. Absolutely. And and especially if you have to go up against that 49er defense, I, the, the matchup to me that would be intriguing is, is Jalen Hurts against that 49ers defense. And look, defense wins championships, right? Um, Franchise quarterbacks win Super Bowls, but but defense can get you to the championship game, right? And, oh, absolutely. Uh, and, and the Niners are loaded. They're the most complete team if they get quarterback play. They're the most complete team. I don't think there's any question. But Dallas's defense is good, too. Yeah, it is. It is. But this kid, Purdy, has some moxie to him, right? He does. He, does. he, <laughs> he absolutely does. And, you know, this is a big year for Dak. It's a big year for the head coach because, you know, hey, I could see them – Going to the postseason, having a clinker, and then making a change at coach. Well, you know, Sean Perry sitting out there, and he'd love to be the Cowboy head coach. I was about to say, Jerry Jones has had a fascination and a friendship all these years with Sean Payton, who I spoke to a couple of weeks ago. Now, there's some speculation also that maybe the uh, Charger job, living in L.A., you know, Sean Payton working for Fox now. Um, he'll be part of that Super Bowl. I could see program. that too, and he's got the coach and he's got the quarterback there, so that works too. I I, I agree with you. Listen, Sean's going to be a, a big, and that's why he won't go to Carolina because he won't. He doesn't have the the quarterback. That's why he won't go there. Exactly right. Exactly right. And he's worth whatever you got to do to trade for him. Do it. He's he's an elite coach, and he can get you to the Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl. He's proven that. And, boy, imagine him with Justin Herbert together. Good night. How about the Cowboys for a second? Yeah, the Cowboys, hey, they've got that legitimate defense with uh, Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence and and Diggs at corner. Absolutely. But, yeah, 
can you trust Dak in a big game? No. And it didn't help Dak when Amari Cooper was traded. And Mike so, McCarthy, I, I like Mike personally, but Mike McCarthy is a terrible big game coach, and he's a terrible in-game coach. He makes the strangest decisions I've ever seen. Yeah, well, they do have the two-headed running back. Pollard is tremendous. Hey, Pollard's uh, great. He's yeah. great. And they're loaded on defense, I, I, and they're good on defense. But they make – between the quarterback and the head coach, they just make too many strange plays. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, Michael Gallup is the second number two receiver, and he's been hurt most of the year. And I'm not, I'm not sure I trust him any more than I trust Dak in a big, big game. Dak, Dak is a good leader. He's been clutch. He showed he was clutch at the end of the Houston game, but I don't trust him. I don't trust him against these elite defenses. You know, Hertz's story, he's got to be the MVP. He deserves it. Even over Mahomes, he deserves it. And and think about where this guy came from, from the day he got replaced by Tua at Alabama. What a career. I mean, that's a remarkable job what this guy's done. Yeah, and Brian Dable was there when he was at Alabama, and uh, he was there when Tua came off the bench and uh, – replaced Hertz and give Hertz all the credit in the world. He's, he's a self-made quarterback. Yep. He, he wasn't supposed to have the arm. Nobody thought he had the arm to play at the level he's playing with now, but he's a tremendous leader, tremendous in the weight room, tremendous in the locker room. His teammates rally, rally behind him, And uh, he's legit. He is, he is the MVP over Mahomes. There's no question in my mind. He's a good thrower, and, too. You know what? The kids, he's got good receivers, and he's a good thrower. He is. He's a, he's a legitimately good thrower. Yeah, and he's got a good coaching staff around him, too. Don't forget that. Yep. And I'll tell you, you know, looking at the Jets the rest of the way, it's going to be fascinating to see And We're talking with Steve Serby. Play the Lions, which I think is a heck of an interesting game. I think the Jets will win it. I think it's going to be tight, but I think the Jets got the better defense. Plus, I don't think the Lions or their quarterback play as well away from the Dome. Uh, the other thing is that Jacksonville game is going to be a very tough game. And let's be honest, Jacksonville for next year is going to be a very popular pick because – they have the coach now. The quarterback is emerging. If you look at his last couple of games, he's played like a superstar. Yeah, he has. And, uh, you know, they got him Christian Kirk in the offseason. But most importantly, they got him a head coach who knows what the hell he's doing. Yep. Uh, going from Urban Meyer to, to Doug Peterson is going. I'll I never mean, understand Ur- that whole Urban Meyer story. I, I, I really I, – because I can't figure out how Urban could be – that bad after being so such a wizard, how could he be that bad? I just don't understand how he could lose his mind the way he did. But my understanding yeah. was he, he was he was that bad. Yeah, he was that bad, and uh, it's amazing that uh, uh, credit give credit to Trevor Lawrence for not uh, becoming a basket case. No, he you um, know he didn't even make any excuses, and he got the heck knocked out of him last year, and he never complained. He's a good kid. He's a solid kid, and if you look at his last couple, the game he played last week against Tennessee was all world. Yeah, well he look, he, he was tabbed as a generational talent when he came out. Yeah, and I think now, he is. Now we're start, we're starting to see that now. Yep. And um, you know, he's got or I'll give Urban Meyer this much. He drafted Travis ATN, who looks like he could be could be a big time player. Hey, he will first, be if he just stops fumbling. Yeah, and and he's got to stay healthy, but but they got him Christian Kirk and they'll continue to build around him. And uh, they've they've got look they've got the defense now with Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen, so uh, be yeah beware the Jaguars. But as we've seen over the years, sometimes 
hiring college coaches to, to be NFL coaches just does not work. Very tough. Very, very yeah. tough transition, uh, especially for the guys who are successful, uh, because it's a whole different world. It really is. Well, they're, you know, they're kings there, and they, and they can't be kings when they come to the NFL. And I, Urban was acted like a king, and it didn't work. Mike, what's your uh, call on the Giants-Commanders game Sunday night? Uh, I think Washington's – I think the Giants are out of gas. I, I, I thought the Eagles would kill them. Uh, I've, I've, I've been, I've picked the giants a lot this year for me uh, and getting points. And this has been a good year to pick, to take points. And, and I had done well with them. I picked against them last week. I would pick against them this week. I like the jets. I think they'll win the game. I thought the giant, I think the giants will get beat. I think Washington is sounder. I think Washington is healthier. I think Washington's healthier now on the defensive line. I think they're going to give uh, Jones a, a real tough time. Let's be honest. If you take away Jones's rollout, they have nothing. Teams are stupid. Yeah. They don't know how to play the Giants. If you play the Giants and keep him in the pocket, he can't beat you. Well, it, look, they don't have the people he, to beat you with. That's correct. But but last time he did rush for seventy-one yards against the command. Yeah, he hurt them last time, and I don't think he'll do it again. And I just think Washington's just a little like I don't think they're great, but I think they're a little sounder right now. And a little healthier, and I think the Giants did it with mirrors. And let's be honest, uh, I I think that it's just too much to ask. I I I I think it'll be close. I don't think Washington's going to blow anybody out, but I think Washington is going to beat them. I I really do. Now I think the Giants can still get to the playoffs because if they get the eighth win, they could easily get there at eight eight and one, and that tie will help them because I think they can beat the Colts. And they might get the Eagles with nothing to play for that right. last week where the Eagles have locked up everything and they might get an, an easy game there. So the Giants, yeah. I think, have a very good chance to get to the playoffs, but I don't love them in this game. You're listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Mike Francesa podcast on our Football Friday program. And folks, I'm going to be completely honest with you. We had put the show in the can and our part with Steve Servey with the interview. And as soon as we finished, I went upstairs to take a shower and we found out that the Jets will not clear White the quarterback. And now Wilson will be the starting quarterback on Sunday. So we obviously, uh, Steve was nice enough to come back. We had made a lot of comments that we'll edit about uh, the quarterback play. And let's take it from where we are. Number one, Steve, we didn't spend a lot of time on him moving up to be number two. And I made the comment about how... If they're doing this as something for the future, it's a huge mistake. If they feel that he's the right guy over Flacco, then you put him in at quarterback. I'm not sure he is the right guy over Flacco. We know he's not the right guy over White. And I liked the Jets to win this game over the Lions. And I will tell you right now, I am pulling my pick. I don't feel the same way with Wilson at quarterback. I don't trust him uh, in this game. I just don't trust him as much as I see him well, I see White find everybody. I see White energize the receivers. I see everything tentative under Wilson. Now, maybe he's going to have a good game. First of all, are you surprised it's Wilson and not Flacco? Uh, yes and no. I mean, Flacco, at the end of that uh, Buffalo game, when he had to come in for Mike White, when Mike White was banged up, uh, suffered his rib injury, Flacco really uh, didn't didn't show much, but then again, it was a very small sample. Um, look, the, to me, the bottom line is the Jets have 
so much invested in Zach Wilson, the second overall pick of the draft, that they want him. They wanted him even before this bombshell news about Mike White not playing. They wanted him to play at some point this season. Now, the worst time to put him in is right now. This puts in the an mix. incredible amount of pressure. The Jet fan all thought they were going to win this game under Mike White. Now you're putting Wilson in. This puts him under a tremendous amount of pressure on Sunday. Yeah, I don't know who, who's more deflated, the Jet fan or the Jet players right. on offense. Yeah, and um, now the question is, do the Jet players go in that game believing that Wilson can lead them to victory? That's really the key. They were, let's be honest, Salah had to change quarterbacks because the defense was infuriated by the kid. They felt he made the wrong comments. They felt he said the wrong things. And he didn't take responsibility. He didn't put it on his own shoulders after a miserable game. And they were like, what are you, joking? And they, they were down and they were furious. And he was afraid he was going to lose the defense and lose the locker room. Now this kid is put into the biggest game the Jets have played in years. An enormous game for them against the Lions with a lot on the line. Lions come in hot, and let's be honest, they're going to put pressure on this kid. They're going to try and put a lot of pressure on him and see what he does. So uh, this this puts him in a very – he not only comes back, he comes back under a lot of pressure. Yeah, and there's pressure on uh, the offensive coordinator, Mike LaFleur, and there's pressure on Eli poor Elijah Moore. He was just getting comfortable with Mike White again. He was starting to feel like a, like a pro again. Uh, like a like an elite receiver again, and now he uh, he gets the quarterback that he didn't want to play with back. The good news for Zach Wilson is he's not playing the 49ers defense. He's not playing Correct. Cowboys defense. He he should be able to have some success against the Lions defense. He but, should. Everybody else does. He he definitely should yeah. have, even though they do have some pass rushes. And I looked. At the Bet Rivers lines, Bet Rivers had made the Jets a one-point favorite before when White was playing. It had gone from pick to one last night, and then today, just now with the news, it's already gone back to the Lions are a one-point favorite at the moment. So it's already moved two points. The line, the lines already yeah. moved against the Jets, and the Lions are now favored against the Jets. And they're favored with Jared Goff uh, outdoors, uh, which which he has never uh, managed to thrive in. Yep. Over and he's and um, let's be honest, I'll give away a little bit of a secret. He has small hands, and as people I think know, he is not a good bad weather quarterback. He never has been. He doesn't handle the ball well outdoors. Well, he's much better inside. And the forecast for Sunday is Sunday. For Sunday, Sunday is sunny, but it's going to be 30 degrees. I don't know about winds yet, but the high temperature for the day is going to be 37 degrees. The low is going to be about 30, it looks like. So he's going to get some chilly, if not cold weather, uh, coming up Sunday. Yeah, but he does have weapons. He's got, uh, he's got a, a lot of weapons. Yeah, a lot of yeah. weapons, yeah. Brown and Jamison Williams yep. and uh, uh, a healthy DeAndre Swift, yep. uh, who's been killing me on my fantasy team. And uh, Jamal Williams by the end zone. And he's got that elite offensive line. And he can throw the ball to Penny Sewell for, 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 <laughs> for all first, we know. For, for big first down. So stunning news here. Stunning news. And they had gone to, which we thought was a little thing, 
making him the backup instead of Flacco, designating him as the backup, which wasn't a totally small thing because of White having injured to the injury to the ribs. Now White is out. He's not playing. And now Wilson steps back in at quarterback, not Flacco. Wilson steps in at quarterback. And like I said, I have trouble believing that he believes that this gives him the best chance to win. I think there's also a big picture item here, which I don't like if that's the case. Now, they can tell me it's not, that Flacco just doesn't have the goods. I would not play Flacco against a team with a big pass rush, but this is not a team with what I would call a big pass rush. This is not the Niners, okay? This is not a team uh, that or the Cowboys. So I, I would... Worry about him against a team with a bit because he has no mobility, but he can still deliver the ball. And the question is, will Wilson deliver the ball? That'll be the issue. Will he take command of this offense? And will this team believe that he's the guy? Flacco's won a Super Bowl. Uh, he has credibility. Does I guess the big question is, does Wilson have credibility in his own room going into this game? Well, Flacco started the season. He was the opening day starter. No, I know he was. Yeah, and he was. Oh, he wasn't good. He wasn't bad. He wasn't terrible. But uh, and Wilson won more games than anybody. But he played the soft the schedule, and he also played terribly in the two games against the Pats. So yeah. he played miserably Look. in those two games. But hey, the bottom line is, I think Flacco. If you put a gun to my head, I'd play Flacco. They didn't. They're playing Wilson now. I know Wilson's. He's younger, he's more mobile, he's got a better arm. I understand all that. But he has not looked aware. He has not looked aware when he's in the pocket, number one. And number two, I just wonder about whether the team believes in him. That's my biggest issue. Does the team, Flacco can look that team in the eye and say, hey, I can take you guys home. I'm a champion. I don't know if Wilson, if this team believes in him. Uh, I, I agree. We don't know that yet. Uh, it's only been, what, three weeks since he's gone for his quote-unquote reset to uh, work on his fundamentals and his mechanics. But again, he's the guy that he had to apologize to his teammates uh, for saying what he said uh, after the uh, Patriots disaster when he didn't take any blame whatsoever for, for that nightmare. And uh, if 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 you're telling me that you believe Zach Wilson gives you a better chance to win than Joe Flacco in a game with playoff implications, I find that hard to believe. I would go with Flacco here. Now, number two, I'm telling you, I like the Jets in this game. I'm pulling my pick. I don't trust Wilson. You like the Jets also. Are you are you sticking with it or are you pulling your pick? Uh, I would uh, – I'm going to uh, – well – in the paper, it's going to be the Jets. I'm stuck. I'm stuck in right. the New York Post. What about would you put, would you put a dollar on the Jets? No, no. I would the way the Lions are playing now, and what with Zach Wilson at quarterback, I I don't trust them. Um, I would trust Goff and his weapons more. And I think the Lions, the way they're they're red hot, they believe they believe in Goff. I would go with the Lions now. Listen, thanks very much for coming back and doing this. So I appreciate it. That was very nice of you. Thanks very much. Hi, Mike. Take care. Okay, Steve Serby. Nice of him to come back because we had already put the show in the can. And then we got the news that Wilson was starting because White will not be cleared to play. Uh, That's the news right now. As a matter of fact, we are going to uh, go back and go over a few things now. I'm going to go back and talk about the uh, top of the show again because of the fact that uh, 
we will put a little of this on the Jets, and, and I'll talk about it for a minute. That's our Steve Sarabee interview. Let me go back now and talk and welcome the folks into the Mike Francesa podcast, the Football Friday podcast. I'm going to be honest with you folks. We put the show in the can, and then we learned that Wilson is quarterbacking because White will not be cleared by the doctors. They will not clear him to play. So it's Wilson. He had been moved up to number two, and now he's number one. The line has already moved against the Jets. The Lions, Jets were a one-point favorite on Bet Rivers. I just looked, and the Lions now are a one-point favorite. So the line has moved. In some places, it moved from one and a half. On Bet Rivers, it moved from one to now Lions minus one. So it's already moved two points. I said that I like the Lions to win. I mean, I like the Jets to win against the Lions. Now I'm pulling my pick. I have no pick on the game. I, I don't like the game with Wilson. I don't trust him. And I have to tell you, if it were my pick, if you're putting a gun to my head, I would play Flacco over Wilson in this game because I know that Flacco can look that room in the eyes before the game. He can look every guy in that room and say, I'm a champion. I've won a Super Bowl. None of you have, okay? All you guys that are going to ask me to lead you here, I've done this. I've been there. I had a great playoff run. I had an historic playoff run. And I won a Super Bowl. So I've done this. I've been there, done that. Okay? I've done that. I've won a lot of games in this league. And I've won a Super Bowl. So I've done everything you guys are thinking about doing. And I can take you there. He can say that to this team. Wilson cannot. And Wilson went to the bench because after the Pat game, when he was asked about whether or not he was worried about the defense's reaction to his poor play, he said, no, you know, it's not on the offense. And the defense was infuriated. And then he did not take any blame himself for what happened. He talked about the weather. He talked about the wind, even though his counterpart completed like 20-something passes in the wind that day. The bottom line is the team was irate, was nuts. Salah thought he was going to lose the team. And he had to sit the kid. And the kid had to apologize to the team. And his own father told him the words got him benched, which they did. Now, less than a month later, with White Hurt with a, with a rib injury on last week's game, the doctors will not clear him to play. Listen, when you have a rib injury, you are susceptible to having all kinds of internal organ problems if things go bad. So that's why they're not clearing him to take any more hits. He took a couple of really nasty hits last week. He went back in the game because he wants to play. He waited a long time to play. He wants to play, but he's not playing now. And frankly, I'm surprised that Wilson's the quarterback and not Flacco. I know he made Wilson the backup. I understand that. You can do that in a backup role. To do it and now make him the starter on Friday afternoon for a huge Sunday game when you have a Super Bowl winning quarterback who's a veteran there at your disposal, I'm surprised. I would have gone with Flacco. He didn't. That doesn't mean Flacco won't get a quick call. Maybe he will. But if you do that, that's a disaster for Wilson. If he gets pulled again, he's gone, and he might be gone for good. This has now put a lot of pressure on him. And the question that I have is, in a big spot, does this team believe in him? Does this team believe that he can do the job? They didn't a month ago. He had to be benched. He had to apologize to the team. Now he's being asked, he's going to ask the team to believe in him that he can take them home. Hey, it's a very big spot in his career. 
If he's successful, it's a very positive spot in his career. If he's not successful, it's a very, very tough spot and could be a telling spot in his career and his future with the Jets. A lot of that could play into these last four games. The Jets are a legitimate playoff contender. That defense deserves to go to the playoffs. If he stands in the way of that happening, there's going to be repercussions. Now, I don't know if he's playing next week or not. I don't know if White gets his job back if he comes back or if Wilson wins, it's his job. I would think if Wilson played well and he won, he's the quarterback. I think White has to live with that as an eventuality. But I can also see if he goes back to White that it tells you a lot about Wilson. I would have, for a variety of reasons, including I want to make it about this game. Anything that doesn't make this about winning this game is not what should be on the table right now. Nothing about the Jets' future should be in Involved in the decision-making at all right now. This should be about what is best for this team this Sunday. Who gives me the best chance to win? I think Flacco does. I would not play Flacco against a team with an enormous pass rush. That's not Detroit. I would. This is a team you can move the ball against. This is a team that pretty much everybody's moved the ball against. And the Lions don't play as well away from home. One of the reasons why I like the Jets in this game was the Lions have been playing well, but they're much better at home. They're explosive as heck at home. And their quarterback's much better indoors. He's much better in good weather. He's much better in warm weather. That's, that's, his, that's his MO. Always has been. So I am surprised it's Wilson. Like I said, I say no play for me. I, I, I said I like the Jets. Now I back off. I, I have no pick on the game. I'm not picking the Lions on the road, but... I'm not picking the Jets either. And I'm not surprised at all that the Lions are favored. Not surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if they get to be a little bigger favorite. And it goes to say two. Wouldn't surprise me. It's already gone from Jets minus one to Lions minus one in just a couple of minutes. If you're just joining us, you know now that Wilson is the quarterback this week now for the Jets. Not Flacco, not White. White, the doctors would not clear White to play. Wilson had been elevated to number two, so he went to number one, not Flacco. He could have gone to Flacco. He didn't. He went with Wilson. He put it back in the kid's hands. He put everything in the kid's hands. He made this decision. He cannot say he made it for long term. He cannot say he made it for the future of the franchise. If he did, then he doesn't know what he's doing. This is right now, and you owe it to this team and to this defense to make the playoff this year because this team deserves that. And this team is good enough to go to the playoffs this year. It's good enough to win a playoff game with that defense this year if they get adequate play at the quarterback and they get good coaching. And to me, this changes a lot of things, makes the game fascinating on a lot of levels, and it puts a lot of pressure on Wilson this week. Enjoy your football this weekend, folks. Uh, This was an adjustment we clearly had to make in the program. Obviously, it was that big. We'll see you Sunday. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan, and you can share the excitement with me each week. 
on the Mike Missanelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missanelli Podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.